Still Look Pretty, the podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sit Still Look Pretty podcast. We're your hosts, Summer and Vanessa. And like we always say, we are so glad to have you guys listening to us. And we're so grateful for all of the 313 plays that we have so far. By the way, I looked at it like yesterday. I'm so, so grateful for, well, we're so grateful for everything. And without further ado, let's get into debunking the common law school myths. Yes. So the first myth I think we're going to get right into is that law school and the life of a lawyer, a young lawyer is glamorous and all about nice suits and new blowouts and nice makeup, going to nice restaurants and all of that stuff. So I think we're going to start first with like the glamour regarding law school in itself and then we'll go into the glamour of like working life. So regarding studying, <laughs> law school is, is the least glamorous way of studying that I've ever gone through. It looks nothing like Kim Kardashian in a bikini <laughs> studying for her exams. I can tell you that I didn't shower through my exam oh my season God. it's a very embarrassing admission but i did not shower no it was rough like there was days i didn't even want to brush my hair like i just i just wanted to be at my laptop 24 7 i was crying i had so many breakdowns the last exam season obviously the last exam season was our final one it is the hardest one but i cried every exam season but that last exam season we just had i cried so much like studying is really intense at law school it's a lot of reading you don't go to law school in your best skirt and your best shirt and your blazer like 90 percent of the time most people are turning up in sweats and an over oversized t-shirt or an oversized hoodie because you genuinely have just been studying so late last night don't get me wrong we don't want to like scare you guys or anything because we really enjoyed it like it's hard and anything that's important to you will be hard but it's not like all fancy clothes and we don't want you to go in with that like pretense i think as the years go by you look and look after yourself less so first year of law school i remember i was putting on a full face of makeup (laughs) going to my lectures you know just the whole shebang In my second year of law school, I gradually started to give less and less care. And I think it also has to do with the pandemic as well, because half of our second year was was when the when covid began and then third year was all from home which probably would explain why i didn't do my makeup for like six months straight because it was just like oh i'm just not gonna turn my camera on and yeah yeah no i mean look don't get me wrong when we were going to lectures and stuff like a lot of our lectures especially in second and third year were at like 9 a.m in the morning like first year we got a bit of leeway with like the timing like a lot of them were in the afternoon but then second and third year started giving us 9 a.m and yeah you're sitting there thinking oh yeah you've got the whole day but when you've been studying until late last night and then you've had like five hours sleep or four hours sleep you don't have the energy to get up in the morning and do a full face of makeup and put on your best clothes and that's okay like sometimes you just want to be comfortable and you just want to just go to your lecture or your seminar with knowing that you've done the work and just be comfortable you don't feel like you have to put on a show because at the end of the day you are at uni for your education as much as you're there for your experience you are there for your education and I think first year you're very much wrapped in to the whole glamour of it because it's so exciting you've worked your ass off to get there and everything but then once you fully get into the swing of law school you realize that it's not all about glamour it's not all about looking great and all of that stuff it is just about making sure that you perform the best that you can and enjoying your social life when you have the time also can i just say that adulting in itself is a job 
because, <laughs> because you have to wake up in the morning, get dressed, shower, get dressed. And you also go to, to law school, you go to your lectures, you come back, you do your work and stuff. But then you also have to cook dinner. And then the next thing that you want to do is just go to bed. And yeah. in the morning, if, if it takes you an hour to get ready, if you can sleep, if you know that you can sleep, yeah. you can take an extra hour to sleep. 100. Then of course you're going to take it. Be yeah. like, fuck the makeup. Just <laughs> like, yeah. I will sleep. It you know what like I mean? That. Especially because you get so drained and so tired from yeah. the consecutive lectures mm. and the constant studying. You're mm. not going to, it's by the time you get to the end, you're not going to want to like even look at makeup or, yeah. or get ready. So Let's talk about the crying, though, because oh. I feel like whenever you see a movie, a law, a law related movie, yeah. you always see like students like frantically crying and stuff like that. And <laughs> I mean, there was some truth to it. <laughs> There's some truth to it. I'm pretty sure I can pinpoint the places on campus where I've cried. I can't lie. But I am quite an emotional person anyway. Like if I feel too overwhelmed, I will just start crying. Like I'll just stand there and like, my tears will just come. But like law students don't cry that much, I don't think. I distinctively remember in our first year of law school in our exam hall that someone was crying. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i felt so bad for her i felt so bad for her like i just uh it was so sad like it was, don't get me wrong i felt like it at some exams i really felt like it but i didn't and maybe that's just me as a person like i, I feel like it would be quite awkward qu crying in a silent exam hall but i think it's also very anticlimactic because you work so hard to the point of the exam you like yeah. stress yourself out you lose sleep you lose yeah. you compromise on the healthy food because yeah. you eat just junk food and microwave meals etc 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 so the exam is actually where your your breaking point is mm. which is why it's so important and it's i think reiterated over and over and over to you guys that you have to sleep yeah. properly you cannot compromise on your sleep because you will cry yeah not because you don't know the content but no. because you, you're just so sleep deprived overwhelmed de and just overfilled with mm. emotion that you will break yeah. down i think just like anything else personally call it my god complex but i do think it is one of the harder degrees that you can do in this life uh, personally and i just think that just like any other student though this doesn't just apply to law students obviously this is the law perspective series but if you're a student that's done maybe a different degree and you've changed to law or whatever i think you will be able to vouch for this you need to make sure that your mental health is in check because law school and it gets so intense that sometimes you do forget about your mental health you don't think to take care of yourself you don't think to make sure that you're getting at least seven to eight hours sleep you're not thinking to like go out and get some fresh air you're sitting in the library for back-to-back -back hours like literally i was sitting last exam season i was sitting in the library for 10 hours 10 12 hours and i had to go out and make sure that I, I didn't take lunch because then it would force me to have to leave the library for a bit walk and go get lunch and come back just so i got a bit of space away from my laptop like you have to schedule in those moments because it does get really overwhelming especially if you have timed exams you mm. feel like the five minutes that you take to walk to the shop and back there's an absolutely non-negotiable mm. because you just lose them and you feel so guilty for not spending every waking hour and every waking second doing the work that you're supposed to be doing. But I think that's also a trap, which I think we'll talk about in other episodes. But 
yeah definitely look after your mental health mm. try to eat healthy do the things that give you that little bit of serotonin yeah. that little bit of dopamine to keep you going because otherwise you'll reach burnout and yeah. then when you when that does happen you just feel like mm. you want to stick your middle finger up and just <laughs> just be like this isn't for me yeah. so it's definitely baby steps with mental health mm. to avert like a much bigger bigger yeah, bigger crisis Let's talk about the coffee, though. Uh, see, this because... isn't actually a myth. Well, <laughs> you, you, don't, even try, don't even try and go as a myth. This girl brought like a two liter. The, during our last exam season, this girl brought a whole new coffee cup. It's not a myth. I mean, I brought it because it was very nicely insulated and kept my two liters <laughs> of coffee cold for like 24 hours and hot for 16 hours. <laughs> it was a very good investment. Yeah, okay, fine it's true yeah that's not really a myth that's kind of true we do drink a lot of coffee i was running on pure coffee the past three years pure coffee but i think it's also habit like at Mm. at one point it becomes habit as well i think again i think it links kind of back to the mental health thing you kind of feel bad for taking care of yourself when it comes to law school like you feel a bit bad for taking a nap or bad for sleeping or or bad for like taking a rest or whatever so you get into that habit of like just drinking coffee to stay awake i think at a certain point coffee didn't even work for me anymore i don't think i think it was just i just got used to drinking coffee every day i just drank so much caffeine that i was seeing doubles <laughs> i was looking at my laptop and i was seeing like duplicates of the same letter and i was like oh that's a mistake i need to correct that and then i looked at it again and i was like oh wait no it's just my eyes um yeah, yeah it's it's, defi- it's definitely a thing i mean you have to when you're constantly going through like lectures and you're just trying to be in the zone trying not to get distracted you do mm. you do need something do. to and it's legal coffee is legal yeah. guys so it's a legal drug to keep you awake <laughs> so use it <laughs> better that than anything else anyway let's move on because okay well- I think we're going to start with studying technique now. Me and V were talking when we were planning this episode. She was saying like in a lot of the the movies, like Legally Blonde and stuff, you see them like handwriting notes. And I think I can't really tell if this is a myth or not, because obviously a lot of people do use laptops. So in that sense, it would be a myth. But then I remember distinctly a few of our lecturers said that like you should print out the lecture notes and then write on them because it helps with retention can i just say that that's not feasible (laughs) it's too much it's too much like i saw a couple of people in lectures actually voice memoing the lecture even like if they said it wasn't going to be recorded they would voice memo the lecture just so they can put it in their headphones and listen to it back and write it down because the lectures say so much because obviously they're experts in their field you know what i mean they're top of the top everything that's on the slide won't be what they say they'll say additional stuff well not all of them. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Some lecturers, they come to the lecture, they, they slap on a slide and just, I shit you not, <laughs> read every single word that's on the slide. Yeah. What's the point? It, yeah. No, it's a bit much. If I wanted the narrator, I would go to, like, the kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing about lectures that's a bit of a myth that you might see in the films and stuff is lecturers literally pointing you out and calling you to answer a question. Cold calling. Yeah. That doesn't happen. <laughs> like that doesn't happen the only thing the only cold thing about the law students is their hearts yeah, yeah we're all we're none of us are friends we, we feel no them. emotion <laughs> we, we don't function like normal individuals you know actually i i read the i read a thing on facebook that is like oh how do law students not cry well <laughs> we cry in private we <laughs> 
we cry. We done. We do all the crying through law school. So by the time we finish law school, it's just like a yeah, it's just another day. You've cried out all like how much of your body is water? I think ninety seven. Ninety seven percent. Listen, I studied law, not yeah. science. You know. We've cried ninety percent, so now we're just left with the seven percent of water, and that just is not enough to cry. So. Literally, like <laughs> I just sometimes I find myself in situations, and I was like, you know what? I just can't even cry. No, I just can't. You just no. have to. You just have to keep it moving, man. It's life. You feel like you want to cry, but then you don't. And then the classic is like, oh, how can you defend someone that you know that that they're clearly guilty, babes? The law states <laughs> that you're innocent until proven guilty. So that's what the law says. That's what we have to believe. The thing is, I feel like that one applies more to like criminal or like insurance proceedings, like those sort of like. I feel like it applies color. everywhere, though. No, because I think it's a bit far. It would be a bit far fetched if you're like, oh, how can you defend someone that's guilty when it comes to like, oh, they breached their condition. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah, but not even as, it's not as deep. Yes, but even in those cases, you need proof that the person breached a condition. No, yeah. so it kind of does go back to everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, but the thing says that you know that they're guilty, so there there is proof. That's the point of the statement. You know that they're guilty. You're still well, yes, if the breach job. is so obvious that like you don't need proof, then yes. But sometimes it's not so straightforward. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think I just I think that more applies. I think people use that more when it comes to criminal because it's like, oh my god, they obviously murdered that woman, and then it's like, can I just? Uh, can, <laughs> no, I mean, everyone has human rights, and also you have to just you can't just assume. One of the things that we're taught in law school is do not jump to conclusions yeah. if you cannot make Brilliant. a trail and follow up your trail with proof then it's hearsay mm. it's inadmissible mm. you can't use it it's just it's mm. that's all that it is it's hearsay so definitely just we, stop asking us yeah, that we we're fed up let's talk about the types of cases that we see yeah in law school no but okay and as a lawyer as well okay right so when you do criminal law because it's a it's the compulsory module and i think every law school and can i also just say it's a first year module yeah. as well like Not in all law schools is first year you know in some it's a second year compulsory module which is wild I like would be why would you put it in f- i think it's to attract but that's the thing the whole reason why i picked southampton like the university of southampton to go to is because they had contract law criminal and public all in first year so i felt like i had ticked off so many boxes from the jump yeah the foundations yeah i wouldn't have wanted to do criminal law in second year because what if i wanted to do a criminal criminal law module in second year and i would have do you know what i mean like it's better to just knock them all out from the beginning i mean i didn't do that but (laughs) because i decided that i didn't want to be a criminal law solicitor but anyway that is the rite of passage everybody comes to law school (laughs) thinking that they're going to be the next annalise keating (laughs) justice warrior (laughs) no (laughs) like no it's not often that that happens i think a lot of people come to law school and i think that's part of the glamour because you see in in a lot of like the entertainment like films and stuff like we were saying annalise keating like you just said like you know you think it's going to be so fast paced and so like wow and no it's not everyday murders you know it's not it's you sometimes you're gonna have small cases Mm. to do with like misdemeanors and drunk driving stealing petty theft Mm. not paying fines that kind of stuff it's not every yeah it's not every day you're gonna see like oh murders gruesome killings and don't get me wrong there are some funny and some really out there cases (laughs) that you will 
C. You do like sex crimes in criminal law and you, there are some like really out there things about whether the person who claims to be the innocent party says that it was consensual and the other one says it's not and they got branded on their backside and it's just a lot of stuff it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot and you see stuff about you really get to see how stupid people are i think and what they get down to in private but then you don't there's not so many of them like you're not taught so many of them they're the ones that stick out the most because they're the minority because on the on the on the other side you are looking at cases from years ago which aren't as out there but they're so important because they're precedents you know what i mean the point is right even if the cases are interesting and even if they are not interesting you always have to be able regardless of what the facts are Mm. and whether they interest you you always have to boil them down to what the law is and you have to apply that law to those facts Mm. so in a way you're always just gonna take what's important Mm. it doesn't matter whether it was interesting or whether it wasn't and you have to be able to do that Mm. you can't just rely on the case being interesting Mm. for you to want to do your job you have to be you're not gonna let's like let's just be real you're not gonna get interesting cases every day and even as a practicing lawyer you can't choose the cases that you want to do well you you might have a say yeah, you might have a say, but if a partner comes into your cubicle or office or whatever and says, oh, help me work on this, you're not going to pass it up, are yeah. you? I mean, I think that's the thing with barristers, right? So, okay, most of the, in the UK, a lot of the films that you see are obviously set in America, suits, legally blonde, all of that stuff. But we only studied English law. Yeah, yeah. It's the same reason why, like, as appealing as not paying for your uni tuition is when you go to Scotland, you can't you can only practice Scottish law. But anyway, mm. moving on from that. Very important point by the way, that it's not spoken about enough. No, it's true. It's really sad. It's really sad because we are being robbed blind for um Zoom university, but whatever. So barristers are obviously the main ones that can go to court. When you're is that you have to be working a sufficient number of years before you can apply for higher rights and then you can speak in court but again it's not so much of a same standing as a barrister considering they are the main voice of reason on whatever side they are defense prosecution whatever and mooting the compulsory moot in first year showed me again again why being a barrister is not so glamorous (sighs) yes your honor no your honor you have proven me wrong, Your Honor. There's Please, a, someone a specific said, way of speaking. Someone said, Your Highness. <laughs> your Highness. Oh, idiots. That's so dumb. And I was like, No, you did not. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Like, don't get me wrong. They are royalty in our eyes, but like, not in real life. Like, so again, it's not all about you don't do the Annalise Keating thing where you go, we well, just go on a tangent and you just start ranting and you just shout in court. That's not, there's a manner to how you behave in court. Yes, as well. my learned friend. Yeah, yes, my learned friend. Oh, my learned counsel. Blah, blah, blah. Hated it. I mean, there's definitely some of the language that's used in TV series that is definitely there. Yeah, but it's not as, it's not as like. You don't have the free reign to talk like Annalise Keating does in How to Get Away. Like, it's not like that. I think it's just different from day-to-day language. And to other people, it looks like... But it's more formal. Like, you have a specific way of dressing. You have a specific... Like, you can't turn up to the courtroom drunk and all of this stuff. Like, obviously, I know it's fiction. I know that it's not real, those shows. But going to court isn't glamorous like that. That's not what it's like. It is very formal. It's very 
as if you're working in an office, the courtroom is your office. That's where you're going to be most of the time if you are going to be a barrister. And there is a strict way of speaking. And when you do mooting at uni, I highly recommend it actually, because as much as I disliked it, I think it showed me a lot about mannerisms in the legal world. You mentioned Annalise Keating. Let's talk, let's talk about ethics. Yeah. Because I think that that's so big and that's so just it gets it somehow gets forgotten by every single major movie and tv show i feel like the producers just like ah ethics what's that yeah but again it's because it's fiction like obviously and it wouldn't be so interesting if there were no exactly (laughs) law school wouldn't appeal to anybody if they wasn't you know sleeping with their teacher and you know got the job because they were running away from getting caught with drugs like you know what i mean first of all suits and how to get away with murder are just massive they they should be the cover of the ethics book because they (laughs) of what not to do (laughs) regarding ethics because wow yeah i mean i again i think another like linking to this whole ethics thing this whole thing about all lawyers are liars we're not lying like there's not there's right let me just not get so we just we just not distort the truth it's just about showing a different perspective i feel like you as a lawyer like your whole role of your job is yeah they present you all of the facts and you just present based on the story that they've given you the most favorable story yeah, to exactly. your client exactly so you're just going to present to the court or in we're going to go through the different variations of how disputes are settled in a bit but like you when you're you know performing for your client when you are acting for them you're just gonna perform the best way the best roadmap if you like the most favorable way. the most favorable way for you to get them off or for you to prove that they the other person did that thing like it's not about we're gonna lie about it because if your client literally sits there and says to you yeah i did murder them there's literally nothing you can do there's nothing you can do unless you go well, about it proving that I don't know. They there are, because or... obviously, cli- uh, solicitor client privilege. But if they say this to like the in court or to the opposing counsel, then obviously, yeah, that's an admission yeah. of guilt. So there's not much but, you can uh, do. But at the same time, like you don't, if you genuinely look at all of the facts, and they're they're the only favorable way to resolve this is by obviously, if they've sat there and they've told you that they've done it or whatever, is by saying that they've they've done it they're guilty then that's that's also an option like we're not liars we're literally just trying to find the favorable answer for them they're paying for our service and our service is producing a favorable story not a story but favorable presentation of facts this is the thing right because it's just so i don't want to say that we're liars because we're not we just we just find the best possible outcome for our clients. And that doesn't mean lying. It just means constructing the most favorable narrative for our client. The same way when you go to a five-star hotel and they provide you with, I don't know, caviar and like truffles and whatever. Like they provide you with amazing customer service. It's the same way that we provide our clients with the same, with the same token, the same 
standard of quality but we don't lie that's the thing that i'm trying to get across yeah we no don't we, we don't lie, lie at all like we just present the facts and present a perspective in the eyes of the law there are there's never one answer so i can present a whole line of facts in this way you could present a whole line of facts in that way and they can present two completely different narratives and it's whatever narrative let's say, say it's a criminal proceeding and it's being decided by jury whatever the jury thinks is most applicable like most favorable that's literally it and also can i just say if we don't say a particular thing doesn't mean that we're lying it's not lying if we neglect to say not neglect but purposefully neglect to say something which might go against our client then that's not a lie Mm -mm. we're just simply doing the best possible thing for our client you pick the favorable narrative you pick the favorable facts so i think people get omissions and lies inter Mm. they use them interchangeably and they're not the same thing and it doesn't mean that we're like these big nasty evil people we're we're being paid to do a service we're being paid to do a job and we're not doing anything unethical we're just presenting the facts for the benefit of the person i mean think think about it this way right if you were ever to find yourself needing a lawyer god forbid Mm. Why would you hire somebody that was, it was that they had the other side in their best interests? Yeah, which was. Like Why would you pay good to, money yeah. for someone to not defend exactly. you? Think about it this way. Think about it. Exactly. Like before, you say, "Oh, we're liars and we're cold-hearted and we're this and we're that." You have to understand that at the core of it, this is a service. Mm. This is a service. It's the same way when you get you go and get your car serviced, mm. you go to a reputable car service because you know that they're going to do the best job and they're not going to, I don't know, leave your car with the brakes unchecked mm. and whatever, whatever, whatever. So it's, I know it's abstract, but in the same, some principles apply. There's a reason why lawyers get paid so much. There is a reason. Lawyers are expensive and especially top of the top lawyers are expensive and barristers even more so because of the role that they take on because of the duty that they have and the information that they're being they're responsible for and also the time that we spent at law school and the crying yeah anyway i think it's compensation (laughs) long-term compensation let's talk about let's go back to law school for a little bit and let's talk about reading lists because I think that <laughs> everybody seems to think that they have to spend days, if yeah. not weeks, getting through their reading lists. And yeah. that's just not true. I think, I think, all right, it's a 50-50 myth here. The first, the reason why it isn't a myth is because there is a lot of reading in law school, like immense amounts of reading, immense amounts of case law, journal articles, books, textbook reading, out additional reading, further reading, whatever your uni calls it. There is a lot of reading, but the ultimate rule of thumb for law school is work smarter, even though it's hard. You don't have to sit there and read a stack of 10 books because 90% of the time when you have a module, let's say like we had public law, right? And let's say EU law, we're going to do more about, I think, individual modules at a later date because obviously we can't cover it all in, in myths here. But I think like with public law, 
we had the biggest textbook I'd ever seen in my life, but we went through that entire textbook in two years. We didn't go through it just in the one year. And certain only certain chapters were applicable because most of the time the textbook applies to a range of different unis. It's not just one uni and you are being examined and questioned on different things anyway. So like you need to work smarter. You need to do the important reading first, tab the important reading, the important cases first, tab them, color code, everything that you need to do but you don't have to sit in the library for 10 hours every day reading 10 books there isn't there isn't a need i mean if you enjoy it fair play Uh, but pop off to you pop up all hands up for you because honestly you're a better person than i am but it's it's just otherwise you're just going to get frustrated with yourself because you're not going to have enough time to get through all of the further reading and you'll fall behind Mm. if you think that you have to do it all the time and then you won't do your essential reading and then it's just it's just like a vicious vicious cycle it's a loop and you just need to just stop it just Pick and choose what you're going to do. Pick and choose what you're going to read. You you will get better at skimming if you're not already good at it. You will get better at reading faster and retaining pieces of information quicker. I remember in my first couple of weeks at law school, I used to find it incredibly hard to do my readings because it was in a, in a way it a new language. It was very weird, weird words, big words, new words. I... Every second word, I had to look it up in the dictionary because my mom had bought me this like law dictionary. (laughs) So I made so much use of it in my first year because there were just so many words that I didn't understand. I was like, "Hmm, what's equity? What's a trust? What's bona fide? What's uh prima facie like what what are those like yeah those like shoes like (laughs) what are those you know so i had to i had to i had to look it up Mm. but you will get better at it Mm. just don't spend all your time doing all the additional reading because you're going to miss out on the more important parts anyway um let's go to myth number four which is I feel like when when you see mainstream TV shows and movies or whatever depicting like what a lawyer is Mm. and what a lawyer should do and all of this and all of that, they're all based in the courtroom. Mm. And reality is not like that. Not all of us are in the courtroom. Yes. (laughs) It might have to do with the difference between the UK and the US systems. It's definitely a possibility Mm. because in the UK, it's not really solicitors that go to court. Mm -hmm. It's more barristers. Whereas in the US, you just have attorneys. Unless you are a litigation solicitor, by the way, you will spend a significant amount of time in the courtroom or in we're going to give you examples but other ways of dispute resolution but most of the time the court case is actually like the last resort mm-hmm. most well in criminal cases that the court is the most conventional way mm-hmm. but in civil litigation like suits court is like wow it's mm-hmm. it's actually very not rare but it's not very used it's just something that doesn't happen because you have alternative dispute resolutions, which are ways that you can resolve potential conflicts which have been agreed to prior by the parties in the contract. By the way, a lot of contracts contain a dispute resolution clause and 
if you think that you've never seen one, then look at look again and you'll see it i promise you look again you just didn't negotiate on whether it was in there or not (laughs) yeah because like most people just i feel like most people don't even read their contracts they're just like oh yeah this looks good okay let me sign it you know and then when things like this happen you don't realize that actually you've agreed to a certain way of resolving potential arising disputes yeah 100 percent. and i think covid again has made us realize that not like a lot of the online cases that happened and all of that stuff like again it was a really what's the word it was a really difficult process unprecedented is my yeah. favorite word I to try- use with covid i tried not to use it because i said <laughs> it so much but like it was a very difficult situation because already i don't know if a lot of you know this but like i would very much recommend reading the secret barrister by the way um <laughs> that's where i learned this fact but there are severe delays in the criminal system when cases go to court there are severe severe delays so when it comes to even like when it comes to even in the criminal law sector in the criminal law area taking cases to court you there may be an issue that happened and then five years down the line then it's going to court no matter what it is and it's really a difficult it's not like oh a murder happens yesterday two days later it's going to court that's just not how it works and again in civil proceedings it's another reason why it's such a delay because it's such a long process to get it to court it's such a long press process to get all of the facts it's a long process it's expensive it's all of these little different things it's why it doesn't always end up in court and they would you know some people call it like backroom deals or smoke and mirrors or whatever the hell you want to call it to again tar us with this negative black cross that makes us seem like some evil individuals but there are other ways you have an a mediator sometimes and arbitration they, yeah in arbitration and you they'll sit there and you know you'll have your solicitor and it'll be you and their solicitor and them and then you'll just talk it out until you can find the best resolution for both parties de- depending on obviously what the issue is and if you can't then that arbitrator will make a, a decision and then that decision is then binding and both parties have to follow it um yeah i mean conventional like going to court is very time consuming very costly and it spans some cases span over decades dude like yeah. <laughs> some of the parties die and the case is still open yeah. Like literally we went to we went to the old Bailey in the summer of our first year and we went to see a few quite a lot of cases actually, uh, back to back. And some of them have been going on for ages. Sometimes it's such a long process when you and cases can get quite complex as well so when you have to go to the court it's just a constant constant fee and sometimes the judge literally can't sit there and make a decision and sometimes the jury doesn't know how to make a decision and yes sometimes it can be as nuanced as how long does it take for the ammonium sulfate to for it (laughs) to kick in and how long does it take for a journey and how long does it take how hypothetically how long would it take yes it does get as nitpicky as that i think that's the thing with law like it's so nitpicky like you said like there's all these like tiny little details that can change the whole way that the narrative is being viewed by the jury or the whole way the narrative is being viewed by the judge or the arbitrator and sometimes a juror is sick can't make it then that means the case can't go ahead so they have to be postponed or rescheduled or whatever and it it just takes a lot of time guys so yeah i think that's what we wanted to get out there that it's not 
like such a small percentage of cases actually especially well in civil uh, litigation actually go to court Mm. it's just because most of them just get resolved Mm. by by um, independent bodies which arbitration and that that kind of stuff lastly myth number five i feel like this is one of the (laughs) most top the hottest part of a of a well law school social life do we have social life are we outcasts who knows are we nerds i think we are okay excuse me one we're nerds yeah i'm gonna toot my own horn here we are very intelligent it takes a certain level of intelligence to get to law school and takes a certain level of intelligence to stay (laughs) intelligence in dc who knows um but we do have a social life we go clubbing we go partying we go out with our friends we go to bars like we have a social life. We are fun individuals. We're fun. Like, I, people wouldn't necessarily know that we're a law student if we went clubbing. I feel like if someone bumped into us and we went clubbing, they were like, oh, like, you know, where are you from? Whatever, whatever. And then we we're like, oh, we just finished uni, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, oh, like, what did you do at uni? And we were like, law. They were like, really? Because we're fun. Like, we're still human beings. Like, that said, we do have some really nerdy jokes yeah that have to do with law school and stuff that only people who went to law school would get but <laughs> i wouldn't count that as like not having a social life. but doesn't every degree have that like i feel like yeah. scientists and medics like they have their own jokes but this is the thing like we do have a social life we do have fun we are fun we're not boring i feel like if you look at any of our personal social medias you know that we're not boring you know what i mean just because we have a lot more of an intense study period and we have a lot more reading and we have a lot of work just like medics just like other very high intense degrees it doesn't mean that we don't have a social life if anything but when we schedule in that social time that clubbing experience going we to the go, pub, hard. We go hard go hard or go home a hundred percent because we really let loose like we let go completely i remember in our first year of law school we used to go to this place in southampton called cafe parfait <laughs> and they had an upstairs room which played music that me and summer both really enjoyed which is like old school r&b hip-hop rap trap you name it they had it and the room in itself was quite small it wasn't there was no ventilation and this was way before covid obviously by the way health and safety risk because it was very hot (laughs) but i swear they used to like anyone who showed up it doesn't matter it could have been the whole of southampton if they showed up they would have let them go inside that room (laughs) like you could not move you could not turn around it was that packed so i don't know if it was because we were dancing or whether it was because it was packed but every single time we went there and we left we were drenched in sweat drenched and (laughs) that sounds so disgusting can i just say can i just say we weren't even having alcohol no it was just water because we couldn't like can you imagine it was already hot and being like elbow to elbow with other people i think i would have fainted if i had alcohol Mm. i think yeah i think that's very much the the thing like people expect us not to have fun like don't get me wrong we do occasionally drink alcohol we're not like the get drunk type of people so when we go clubbing we don't actually drink anyway really you will encounter a lot of people at university that do 
think that you as a law student are not able to let loose and that you're not able to have fun we are guys you just don't know how to handle us okay <laughs> we're too intense for you we're literally it's just it's it's it, it my back hurts from being so funny and so intelligent yeah. and yeah we're just carrying the weight of being the most intelligent and social beings yes <laughs> it's just sometimes you know we just it gets a bit much it's too much being the first uni graduate in our family yeah so. it gets like that anywho we will leave you guys because we've ranted for so long yeah but as always our social media accounts are always open for you guys to message us and talk to us chat to us about anything even if you want to tell us about the weather then yeah. we're more than happy to hear it and we will see you next week when we will be talking about the victim mindset so for now have a great day have a great day guys bye, bye.